welcome to the Tea Hut, the podcast for unorthodox entrepreneurs striving for success by going against the grain, breaking down barriers beyond the biscuit tin, revealing what property professionals and construction workers really talk about on their tea breaks. Join us as we delve deep to uncover what it takes to succeed and be the best version of yourself. Welcome to the Tea Hut podcast, where we break down the barriers that go way beyond the biscuit tin. I'm your host, Robbie Dunshaw. You probably know me from previous episodes. And if you don't, it's nice to meet you all. I just want to take this time to shout out eGrowth Media and JT for sponsoring the Tea Hut podcast, doing all that magic stuff with the reels and all the social media content. If you want to generate leads for your business or you want social media management for your business, give JT a call, eGrowth Media, big up the team. And I just want to say I'm really excited to have our guest in today. It's uh, Sam, editor of Blue Bricks Magazine, for those of you that don't know. I won't say any more. I just want you to take take, take a minute or two, Sam, and just uh, introduce yourself to our listeners. Give us a bit of background on yourself, what you do, where you're from, and all that great stuff, mate. Yeah, nice one. So first of all, thanks for having me on, Robbie. No really problem. Been, really been looking forward to this one. So yeah, I say I'm Sam. I'm the editor and owner of Blue Bricks Magazine. Um, so Blue Bricks is, you know, uh, as you could probably tell by the title, a magazine for property investors, property developers. Uh, we've got 14,000 readers now and growing. And it's our goal really just to build a community and help people to grow in property, which I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about in the podcast later. Um, so it wasn't actually myself that established Blue Bricks Magazine. It was um, Nathan Winch and Caroline Monks, and it was set up in about 2020 during COVID. I started working for the business back in 2021. I don't know if you remember the government kickstart scheme. Mm. Where, um, so yeah, I, I was kickstart for those guys helping out on the marketing. Uh, and then I ended up acquiring the business last year in 2022. Um, it's coming up to my one year anniversary now. And yeah, just running the business from there, setting up networking events across the country, growing the magazine and trying to turn it into quite a notable publication that's hopefully going to help a lot of people. Nice, mate. Thanks for the intro. So before we get any further into it, I always ask people, what's your favourite biscuit? You're on the tea hut, you like yeah. a cup of tea. I even made you go and get the tea bags, didn't I, today? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was running a little bit late, so I had to, I had to mess with Sam and he went down and got the old Yorkshire tea for anyone that wants to know. I don't drink anything else. So what's, what's your favourite bit? Grab them, Sam, and show them to your... Show them to you, you're on the table there. Just show them to your camera, just hold them up and just uh, yeah, tell, tell the listeners what we got there. So first of all, I almost got your PG tips, so I'm glad I didn't. 15 PG for a splashed out. But um, look, what I've got here is... Definitely a Yorkshireman. It, it's the, uh, the the McVittage chocolate, milk chocolate digestive. Can't, can't go wrong with it. You can't. It's simple, but perfect. And that's what I like about it. Not too complicated. Not overcomplicated. Not too not too uh, posh. I like that. You can't go wrong with a, with a, with a uh, chocolate digestive. Very popular. Surprised you didn't go for the hobnob. You like a chocolate hobnob man, or you? No, I don't like him. No, too, too crumbly. I like love the, that. Uh, I love yeah, a contra- yeah. controversial opinion. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, right? I, I don't not like them. They're all right. I'll eat them if they're there. But I, I said this to someone the other day. I think they're overrated. Mm. Oh, I, I, I don't mind a hobnob. I love think they're all right. But when you, I think that if I was to choose a chocolate covered one out of the two, I would prefer them that you've bought in there. Yeah, well, the the thing is, I don't really snack at all, but uh, a chocolate digestive is the only thing I can eat half a packet off in one sitting. Easy and as think well. Twice. Yeah, yeah, just straight down. Yeah. Do you dunk, like, could you eat, would you eat them dry or do you have to dunk them? 
has to, have to dunk him. Can't have him on their own. Has yeah. to be with a, a cup of coffee. Has to be with a yeah. cup of, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're a coffee man? I'm a, I'm, I'm a coffee man, not a tea man. Oh. I, I wasn't going to say this on, sh- on this podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, what, are you drinking tea against your will there? I, I like tea. I, I'm not against tea. But our choice. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the hobnob and digestive. If, if, so. Okay, so let's go a bit deeper. Are you like an instant coffee man? Are you a like barista coffee man? Do you have to go Starbucks and get your coffees or what? I would, but I resent paying like, you 50, know, 50 yeah. quid for a coffee. Yeah, yeah, I, I massively resent spending like £10 in, in, a, in a coffee shop. But otherwise, yeah, I do. I am prone to one. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, have you got like a, a machine at home? No, no, no. Instant coffee. Just instant. instant. Go on, what one? Nes- uh, hang no. on, let me guess. Are you the Americano man in the, in the tin? No, no. Well, go on. Nescafe. What standard? Just Nescaf. Just Nescaf. What, just original Nescaf? Yeah, just original. It's really boring. Red, that, red it? cap, original <laughs> yeah. Nescaf. Oh, my God. Fair like no, that look it just says you that's you down to a T. You've bought in the standard milk chocolate covered digestives and you're a red cap Nescaf man. A bit offended, but yeah, yeah, I think it is. I've, I've just pigeonholed you massively. Yeah. I've just really fucking wrapped you up in a stereotype. <laughs> I, I think it's a golden top one, but yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Well that's a bit different. A little bit. Not too not too bad. That's different. Because Nescaf original is just like, okay, no one buys that shit anymore, do they? No. no. Okay, you've all right, all right. You've changed the game there a little bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I like coffee, but again, I, I probably spend too much coffee on, uh, um, money on takeaway coffee, like Starbucks. I love a Starbucks. Yeah. Oh, I am a, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Brilliant. Nice biscuit, mate. Can't go wrong. Actually, get them out, mate. Come on, open one. I want to, I want to, I want to. I've got a bucket of tea over here. You've got a bucket of tea that you don't really want to drink. Yeah. So you've got a dunk of biscuit in it at least. <laughs> you know what, mate? I've never dipped digestive in a cup of tea before. So. What? No, no. It's always been coffee. So Is it it's... a revelation? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, mate. Right, okay. I'm all up for first. I'm all up for breaking cherries on the tea hut. So get that. Get that. All right, let's just pause. Pause everything for a minute, right? Get that in there and eat it and tell me what you think. Give me a rating out of 10. I can't really taste any difference with the tea. Mate, how can you not, like... With a coffee, it tastes like there's a tangible difference in the biscuit. You think? Mm. What's different about it? I, I, I couldn't tell you, but... No? Bit, bit underwhelmed. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Mate, you're going to cause a massive stir on a tea up, mate, I'm telling you now. I don't think I've had one person come in and say they prefer coffee for a start. Um, But, yeah, then to blaspheme. And then to absolutely... Yeah, wipe your mouth clean, man. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm rating that. I like that. So, how old are you now, Sam? 24 now. 24. So... What were you doing before um, Blue Bricks? What's got, what, what perked your interest? I, I, I know that you mentioned marketing. Yeah. So yeah. was that your interest that got you into this? How, how, what's, the, what's the journey? What's, what's been, you know, school? What was the interest that got you here to where you are now? Yeah, so to, to be completely honest with school, I struggled with school. I, I did okay. Like, I didn't struggle i got good grades but i didn't do it extremely well i kind of flew in the middle mm. um i wasn't very academic and i got to a point when i was i think i was 14 15 years old just maybe a little bit deep for the tea, tea no, 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 not. but um no. but i was just like you know what what's kind of the point not in an awful way but like, i don't want to 
go to college, go to university, get a job, get a house, get a wife, get kids, and then just retire when I'm, you know, 75, quite mm. late, 14 year old. Mm. But no, it's not. Because no. I, that's the, no, I'd say I had them thoughts at that age. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's what I, I mean, but at the time, I felt like the only one having them, which made it really, really difficult. Because mm. um, you, you feel like you're not fitting into the norm, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Because that's what you're conditioned. We say this, we, this word said a lot on the tea heart conditioning. And I think you are conditioned that that is the normal, isn't it? Oh, yeah, massively. That that, that was it. Um, so I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I thought, you know what, I like animals. I'll try and be a vet. So I studied that in college but, but dropped out because I just wasn't was, wasn't for me and mm. started an apprenticeship at 16. And the moment I started making money, £650 a month, which was a 16-year-old, felt you know felt like I was balling. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I just not, not fell in love with making money. But What was that apprenticeship in? Just customer support. I was working for a, a large firm that it was, you know, Computer Shed. I took over Northern Rock and yeah, yeah, all the yeah, rest yeah, of the yeah. stuff. Um, so what was your apprenticeship in? It was customer support. So wow, it, okay. it was just, for, for me at the time, a job and a way to make money. And I thought, you know what, I'll get some qualification, make some yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when I uh, realised what I want to do, I'll go for it. So I ended up getting a full-time job off the back of that. Worked until I was about 19 in corporate, I was in e-learning, doing customer support, sales, standard admin stuff, mm. um, and then decided to go traveling because mm. I'd, I'd, I'd hit a point where I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I started researching, it sounds typical, but you Grant Cardone, you Tony Robinson, so I thought, you know what, the highest paying job I can think of is like a doctor. A doctor's on like £70,000. So why are people driving these fast cars and buying these nice things? Like, how are they doing How are that? they doing it? Yeah, yeah. so it, it really intrigued me. And I started looking at all the different investment strategies like Forex and hated Forex. It just sounds so boring. I know that might cause some controversy. Um, and I found property um, and just started looking at YouTube videos and at online articles and podcasts. And I just fell in love with the idea of it. Um, and when I went traveling, I kind of promised myself, right, when I come back, I'm, I'm going to start a career. I'm not just going to jump around anymore. Um, and then I became an estate agent, um, and it all went from there. Really, estate agency into sourcing, into working for Blue Bricks, into mm. marketing, in, into running Blue Bricks. Really, full circle. So, what's your what's 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 next moving forward? What do you want to do? I mean, now you've got the magazine. You obviously expressed an interest in property, mm -hmm. and you've obviously realised that it's it can be lucrative yeah. when done right. Um, well, yeah, what what are you looking into doing next? Yes, yeah, so investing. Yeah, definitely. So this year is the year I've started investing now because I always wanted to invest, but I went into sourcing to make the money to invest. And then when I bought Blue Bricks, that was the year I was going to start investing, but I invested in Blue Bricks instead. Mm -hmm. um, so this year, looking to start investing in low money down strategies. So going to do a bit of rent to SA. Mm -hmm. um, already kind of set the groundwork for that. And then my main priority is growing Blue Bricks magazine. Uh, yeah. Blue Bricks is kind of like my baby. I, I love it. I've got such a strong vision for it, uh, and it's coming together now, so that it's kind of my full full focus, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. What was school like for you? Like early years, what's home life like? You know, what's uh, shaped you into be the young man that you are? Oh, yeah, we we are, we are going deep. Yeah, we are, so, yeah. I, I want to go. I want to understand. You know, what's because obviously you said um, something that I resonated with there when you were young. Mm. You had that thought that you know scared you almost like you know you don't want to you don't want to just do what everyone else is doing you know going to college and getting a trade or a, or working towards a job working up that promotional corporate ladder and then you know realizing that there's a ceiling to that and you know you didn't want that and, and that was that's quite a you, you know i agree it's a profound thing for a 14 year old 
teenager to think. Yeah. So what, what, where does that come from? So I think the first thing that probably changed it, so my, my sourcing business was called Folds Cook Property Solution and Folds is the surname my granddad Cook is my surname. So I was really close to my granddad. My mum worked a lot when I was young. So some holidays and stuff, spent it with my grandparents. My granddad was like a, a second dad to me. Um, and he died horrendously of, of cancer. And watching that, I think, at such a young age, mm. of like a father figure, maybe mature a little more, a bit more and, and think a little bit older than the people around me. In terms of school, didn't really fit in with any one group. I, I drifted around a lot. I wasn't one of the, the, the cool people or the not cool people. Mm. I was just kind of in the middle floating Fitting by. Both. Yeah, I, I just kind of floated by, really. That was the thing. Um, got bullied occasionally, but not too much. And then in terms of my home life, my parents are very much and, and, and still are for that whole go to college, go to university, get a job, work hard at your job, you know, work up the corporate ladder, retire. Conditioning, yeah. Massively, yeah. So we've butted head plenty of times me and my family over that whole the journey I'm on and them not understanding it um so yeah I, th I think that set the groundwork my dad my um, my biological dad he runs his own business he's a landscape gardener mm. so I think he's always been supportive for what I do yeah um and he kind of gets it but the rest of my family just him and your mum together no not anymore no when did they split when I was like a couple of months old so oh, really I, that I, early on so yeah. you don't like really remember that I don't remember. It wasn't that. an event in your life that you can like say that was uh, affected you in any way. No, I wouldn't say so um, because I, I've never known any different. Yeah, that's I, what I, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know some people. You know, they grow up and end the split. And then, they, when, yeah, when the parents like may split at you know early teens, it can have quite an effect, can't it? And yeah. then the breakup at a home. But mm -hmm. whereas you were you're so young, yeah, it didn't really affect you in that way. Yeah, no, I, I feel quite lucky, really, and I, I never had to experience that and you know my, my parents i'm lucky as well that have you got a good relationship with both your biological parents yeah yeah in different ways me and my dad are really close we're like friends yeah, yeah. in the way I'd, i would describe my dad as a friend as much as a dad he's an amazing dad yeah and my mum we are we get along and we you know like i was called my mum for my best friend sometimes but we're different in the terms of that i can't talk to her about business or what i'm doing or how things yeah, are because she doesn't understand it. it she doesn't understand it yeah, um, but your dad does, by the sounds of it, get it a little yeah. bit at least. Yeah, massively. Because I mean, you, you'll, you'll know. Uh, obviously, you've got a kid and the wife and stuff, and it sounds like you've got support of family. But when you work in Saturdays, weekends, when you can't make an event or do an occasion, and you're working all the time, people just don't understand it, do they? If no. they're not from that world, they're like, yeah, yeah. you're your own boss. Just you can cut off you whenever can just you do want. That. Yeah, yeah. I wish it was that easy. Like, Maybe, yeah. I like we were just talking before we came on air about the 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 work life balance myth. Yeah, what I believe to be a myth, um, purely because I think maybe not in the sense like we spoke about. If you're employed yeah. nine to five uh, by someone else and you're paid a wage, an hourly wage, or whatever it is, salary, yeah. um, then you can essentially get that work-life balance because you've got your allocated hours per week to work, mm -hmm. whatever it is, forty hours or whatever, and then the rest of your time is your life balance, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah, in that sense, you could get a job where you don't have to do overtime. You can choose to do overtime if you want to earn more money when really that's a bit of a false economy, really, when you mm -hmm. look at it closely, isn't it? Yeah. yeah um, because obviously time is your most valuable commodity mm -hmm. and you're exchanging that for, for money, Yeah. Um, which is obviously what you realised early on, wasn't it, by the sounds of it, that, that you don't want to do, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a strange thing about business owners. You go in a business to have more time, don't you? And then yeah. you have less time less than time anyone than else. Ever. But it, I think it's the choice of you don't feel like you're trading time for money anymore. It's mm. 
you know. You well, you can earn more in, in the same time, right? Yeah. If you're own technically, that's what. But I've realised there's a ceiling to that as well. Unless you're having multiple streams of income, mm -hmm. which is why I've got, you know, two different businesses. I'm doing yeah. two different things. I've got my bread and butter, which I consider my construction company, which, um, you know, keeps my guys working. It keeps my bills paid. And, I, you know, I enjoy that to a certain level. But there's a ceiling to that. Yeah. without going too corporate and trying to grow it massively. There's a lot of competition out there, especially yeah. with the big boys. They've got it all sewn up now. No, but I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, all the like, big developers and the big construction companies, you, it's very, very hard to get into that market now because yeah. it's just like, it's so competitive unless you've got a bit of money behind you and things like that. Hence why I've gone into like the lower, yeah. lower end of uh, development, but into that middle area where... We're looking for sites between three and five units, you know, that are too big for the small developers and too mm -hmm. small for the big developers. Yeah. There's that gr there's that little grey field there we can sort of nip into. It's about I, finding that niche and that you can fit into, I guess. I, th I think what's hard for you as well is that, like, I don't know if you found it, but like, estate agents don't really understand what you do. So yeah, that's difficult. Estate agents don't at all. You know, landowners just don't know what the land's worth. So they're like, okay, it must be worth an absolute fortune. I'm sat on land. So I think you, you are in a real difficult situation where you've got to get that person who knows what the land's worth and is willing to sell. Trust your experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which we, we, yeah, it's hard managing people's expectations because people like to think they know best, right? Yeah. So yeah. you always get, um, you know, 75% of the time you'll get a vendor in that scenario that will call an estate agent to question your figures. Yeah. Uh, the estate agent will obviously not really be educated in the way that you're pricing the land. They will price it from a, from an estate agent's point of view who don't know how to price land, yeah. you know, and they will give these vendors unrealistic figures. Yeah. And then it just makes the deal not stack for us and it just makes it impossible. Then you get a vendor going, oh, well, you know, mine, I've been told it's worth this. The, these are the estate agents. These are the guys that I'm yeah. going to listen to because they've got a shop front and a fucking <laughs> yeah. glossy, a glossy magazine for me to look at. Yeah. And a nice looking bird in the window, generally. <laughs> well, unless you were used to wear a wig at work. Didn't you? Yeah, I, I was one of the only guys in the office, man. Okay, it, that is what they do. It, you, it's honestly, yeah, I know that yeah. is mar maybe it's marketing, man. Yeah. You know, you go to these uh, property training courses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you'll get loads of female mm -hmm. sales working the floor, walking around. How are you doing? You're right. How's <laughs> it been for you? How's it been for the past couple of days? And you're like, I know what you're fucking doing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Your button's done down to your waist and you've got your tits hanging out. I know what you're doing. That's, <laughs> that's just classic sales though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, if, the, you're, if, you're, uh, if you're selling in a male market, what are you going to do? Honestly, I've seen it in books. I've seen markets talk about it. Like, you like to think that people don't do that. And I think there are cases Mate, where it's just coincidence. But, yeah, there are there are some people... That what what was your experience of it? I mean, you obviously worked in a state agency. I mean, you just said it happens. It's got to happen, isn't it? That's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, it does happen. Um, it does... I, I mean, you know, I, I've done it before. If if I need to call, call, call to call someone, sometimes I've got my girlfriend to do it. Yes. She's got a real... She's Canadian. She's got a real nice Much voice. better voice on the yeah. phone. And and the, the sales agency to do it on LinkedIn. So if you've ever had, like, a LinkedIn approach and you've looked at the profile picture, you've gone, that's obviously fake. It's a deliberate thing that to do. Yeah. Which you're more likely to, to yeah, respond. Yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. That's, that's just classic marketing technique, though, isn't it? Yeah. Classic. I think so. I mean, I'm sure it's frowned upon in, in, in some ways. Um, yeah, because it's sexualization. Yeah, massively. You'd get the, the women brigade that will stand up and go, that's not right, but it's happen it happens. Yeah. And um, does it happen on a male scale? I don't know, like, probably. I don't know. It depends who's... I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think I'm attractive enough that, that someone would try that with me. But um, I'd, 
I, I don't agree with it, but at least if you know that it's a thing that exists, you can avoid it and be aware when it happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's a strange thing, isn't it? It's a funny world we live in, really. So how long were you in a state agency for? Um, you know what? I was in there a couple of months because it was right before COVID. Um, literally right before we came back from Asia, just before COVID struck, which I'm thankful for, because otherwise we could have been stranded out there. Yeah, yeah. And to see the the new start running a state agency, my job was going to the roughest areas, the roughest properties, yeah, and showing people around them. And I've seen, sell it. mate. I've seen some states. Really, I've seen some absolute states. Go on, go on. What's the worst one? Worst one. So there's a. A block of apartments in, in a, I, I won't say that it's that town, but in Bradford, <laughs> that, 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 that's notorious. And this property developer bought them. And all the local agents were like, do not buy those apartments. He's like, I'm going to renovate them and I'm going to make them for young professionals. And all these state agents said, you, you're mental, it's not going to happen. Not do gonna... not buy those fucking apartments. So it's, yeah. they've gotten a, a, a reputation. Um, so this guy's refurbished them and they took me on the viewing. Um, and the guy that I was showing it around, he was, he was a big guy, full track suit, Massive scar across his neck, like really bad. His, yeah. his girlfriend looked to be a, for a question. Looked the same with a wig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she looked to be of a questionable age. Um, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And they were like, all right, you know, show me around these apartments. I was like, right, shit, okay. Um, so we, we went inside and they had the block manager there. And the block manager, I, I, don't, I don't know if she knew what she was doing, but the apartment that she was supposed to show us, which was freshly refurbished, wasn't the one she showed us. So she took us to one that had just been trashed, absolutely <laughs> fucking trashed. Um, had this jeweled wallpaper all over the walls. And I went into it, and I went to turn a light on. She said, you can't do that. I said, why can't I do that? She went, they've stolen a light fitting. <laughs> <laughs> I said, who's stealing light fittings? You know, there's cigarettes all over the floor. <laughs> there's, a, there's some pickled eggs on the counter for some damn reason. Um and the uh, the guy goes, oh, does it come with a kitchen cooker? They go, normally it does, but they've stolen that too. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, and he said, but we're on floor six, and I just saw some crutches by the door. She said, yeah, we're disabled. So like, how did he manage that? So, like, <laughs> so I was like, right, okay, can you just take us to one of the refurbished ones? And, and on the way to the refurbished one, there was a guy running up and down the corridor. <laughs> <laughs> with a sheet on his head pretending to be a ghost yeah. <laughs> oh my god and uh, yeah it, it was one of those places man, <laughs> where you can always hear a dog barking but you don't know where the dog is yeah and uh, yeah they, they didn't buy the property um, surprisingly <laughs> yeah. but yeah that, that was probably the best experience oh my god well, I want to know what the guy in the fucking sheet was doing <laughs> or what he had been doing to be running around the sheet <laughs> oh mate that's hilarious I love that I love that. Oh, mate. So, yeah, that was um, what you think you're getting into when you're going to property versus the realities was two very different things. It's like Instagram versus life, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, mate. Honestly, like being an estate agent's a, a difficult job. In in rough, I'm showing like places like Kent is lovely, but yeah, you know, in Bradford, in Surrey, it's, yeah, it's complete. It's not like that. It's not like that. Yeah. I suppose it's the different clientele as well. It's mm. not just the places that you're looking; it's the people that you're you're dealing with as well, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. Have you ever had any experiences with that? Like any people like being horrible to you, being rude to you, or anything like that? I've a, I don't think I had one as an agent. Um, I know there was a. A valuer who I used to know from a different branch used to show me around, and she got locked in a basement by a guy. Like she'd gone and viewed a property with this guy, and she'd gone into the basement and it, it locked her and locked and locked her in. But no, I'd, I'd never had any. <laughs> what issue. did he do with her? Or just left her. There? <laughs> she just left her there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you for was okay. She rang the office and it, it was all good. But Can yeah, someone but... come and let me out of this <laughs> yeah. fucking basement, please? Oh, that's brilliant. But yeah, there is stuff like that that's happened, yeah. Oh, mate, that's amazing. Oh. So we were talking about um, the property training industry and stuff earlier on, weren't we? We yeah. were talking about that. I mean, what's, what's, what's your view? Have you done any? Been to any courses or like, what's your experience of it? So with me, when I was... So it's when Todd Joe was like a bit younger, I wanted to get into property. I yeah. went to a couple of the three-day events. Yeah. You know, the, the typical property training yeah, events. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I thankfully... So it was... I think it's toned down a bit now. But, you know, when you think of the stereotypical, right, get your cards out, run it back. It was, you know, £30,000, now it's nine nine seven. Uh, it, it was that. that still like thing. that. Is it? Is yeah, it still yeah, like that? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Thankfully, I saw through it and I didn't buy. But it, it excited me about the potential property, but I didn't buy. So, when that... you say you saw through it, right, and you didn't buy, what what was it you were seeing through? Would you do you think did you not see any value in what they were selling? Because the guy's telling me that it's normally like. 20 grand and for this moment only is selling it at 997 and the next people that come in afterwards is not going to give the exact same deal yeah you I, notice a lot yeah, of was, like, don't don't hit me with that fake sales stuff just yeah. tell me what the price is yeah, yeah tell yeah. me what the product is yeah exactly and i mean i i think i would have gone for it but because i was going traveling i was like you know what maybe i'll come back to it when i get back from traveling but i started to research um online like you know is it legit what's going on um, and I found a website called, and they actually run their own magazine, but like Property Hub. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what, what? You know, everyone's like, oh, competition. I, I don't think the competition, I think they're amazing because they actually save me a lot of money because they have a lot of free courses on what HMO is, how to yeah. get to buy to let. And they had a lot of blogs and people that were sharing their stories. So thankfully, I, I heard about what the training industry can be like for other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started out with a negative view of the industry. I still hold it to a degree, but I know that not all trainers are the same. Yeah, there's some good trainers out yeah, there. There's some, some good, good There's some good mentors out there. And there's some people doing some really good stuff. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not totally littered with crooks and thieves. No. It's just unfortunate that... It seems the people getting the most biggest slices of the cake are the crooks. Yeah, and it and yeah. it, whether that's down to good mark. We spoke about good marketing. It's mm -hmm. definitely a thing. Social media, mm -hmm. you know, they've got all them angles covered. Um, and I spoke to I spoke to people about this before, and I I, I know it's definitely a thing because look, you know, you can run mm -hmm. targeted ads yeah, on yeah. Facebook like. Do you, do you, I mean, do you feel like that these people are targeting certain demographics with their training courses, i.e. easy targets? I think that a lot of the people that are out there that property training attracts are probably people that have convinced themselves that they're not doing that. Yeah. But in reality, are doing that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think how I phrase it. So, like, yeah, I think there is a lot of that going on. Alistair Cunningham, who was on the front cover of the the, the latest issue of Bluebricks magazine, uh, no, sorry, the one before that, the yeah, yeah, Jennifer, I mean. yeah, he invited us to one of these events for free, and um, it completely changed my mind on property. Like what he did at that event was unbelievable and helped so many people, and the advice he was giving was so practical. But what a lot of property trainers do, look, you know, they bu they built a property portfolio in 2008 when they were picking up houses for like, you know, two 20 grand. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And now, you know, in 2023, they're, they're teaching property training strategies. But they'll tell the truth. Like, yeah, property sourcing, if you find an investor and you find a, a deal, hypothetically, you can sell that. 
but they don't tell you that could take a year. Like most businesses yes. aren't profitable for three years and a yeah. property business is a business. Like yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, oh, mate, none of them say that. No, That's what I'm no. saying. They're, they're all like, no money down. You can build for this. Yeah. Um, you know, use OPM, other people's money. And it's just like, these are all buzzwords, are they not? Yeah, like it's, it's literally just to get people going. Oh, what, 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 what? Mm-hmm. And it they're like they're oh, like yeah. dogs with treats, aren't they? It's like you throw them a little one, and they're fucking on you like that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what it's like, isn't it? That's and that's what I, I see going on. It's just like, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to say that I haven't bought into it a little bit in a sense, yeah. I guess, because I've been through a few different mm-hmm. um, training funnels now. Yeah, you yeah. know, in the past five years, um, and they're whilst. Whilst you know my my mentor that I decided to to to, to go with Andy was great for me at that time. Mm-hmm. I can see that a lot of like these training courses are the same. Mm-hmm. Like they are just cookie cut from you know the big boys who are doing. They're all doing the same thing and offering the same. Yeah. Like there's not much difference in value there. Like by going with this guy compared to this guy. It's just a different guy in a different suit. Yeah, yeah, but it's on the same thing. I mean, yeah. it's a magazine. So so Blue Brits publication, everything we do and anything we do is completely impartial. So when I'm putting stuff in print, there isn't a one-sided slant on any topic. Yeah. From a personal perspective, I have that. Like I say, though, Alistair changed my mind because I think that there are people, I think two people could go to the same training course. I think one of them could end up with a highly successful property business. Yeah. I think the other could do nothing. It's, that's that, I've said this to a lot of people and it's definitely yeah you just said it there i'll say it in a different context like you could go you have the best trainer in the room and you could be like it doesn't it doesn't matter who's giving the training yeah. or necessarily the level of the content as long as it's fairly decent yeah. but like you said you've got to be able to then take the action steps yeah after taking that information in yeah, to, to do the next thing. And be able to understand what you're being taught. Yeah. yeah There's yeah. the other difference. That's what I meant by do you think the 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 markets are targeted and the demographics for these training and the ads that go out yeah. are targeted specifically at these sorts of people um, that have got no experience and feel like they need this training course when yeah. the training course ain't going to give them the experience that they need to understand property and the construction business yeah. as well because there's that element of it as well which i mm. think a lot of people fail to understand yeah. as investors that you know when they're investing in a property you know mm. and it needs a refurb if they're just an investor putting their money into a investment they don't really have a, an interest or, or an understanding of what that is yeah i.e. a construction project that or that needs a refurb that, are, that has to undergo certain legislation and you have to have yeah. certain things in place. Have you have you noticed that? Do you notice that from a lot of people, investors and the construction slash property um, smoke screen, if you like? Well, they, they don't mention that stuff. Well, yeah, or they don't they don't understand it. Like from an investment point, if you say, "Oh, I'll just go and hire a builder," you know, yeah. it costs you two and a half grand to put a kitchen in. It's like, mm-hmm. hang on a minute. Who the fuck are you getting to put your kitchens in? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What are these kitchens made out of? Like fucking matchboxes. I just think a lot of them are unrealistic. And the yeah. people that don't know, don't know. Yeah. yeah. Do you get yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So if you, that's what I'm saying by the people being specifically targeted, believing what they're being told 
as yeah. gospel when it's not, like build costs, mm -hmm. for instance. A lot of people ask me about build costs. I'm a builder. I build houses. I do refurbs. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of building work. You know, I generally yeah. cover all aspects, yeah? So a lot of people ask me, you know, for instance, how much can you build a house for per square foot? Mm -hmm. And that is literally the question I will get with no drawings, no spec, mm -hmm. no anything. Just how much can you build a house for? And I'm like, where's the house? Yeah. What's the access like? Do you know what I mean? Like, I've got my my, my construction company, for instance, might have different overheads to Joe Bloggs down the road. Yeah. yeah. So what might be my price to build a hundred to build a house is going to be a lot different to his, his, yours, yours. Yeah. It's going to be different. Yeah, but that, that information doesn't sell, does it? Because it's not exciting. Exactly. You know, what's exciting is make all this money from property and the rest of the stuff. It's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just not important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's that's what it is. And again, like I say, that that's not all trainers. Like, for example, Alistair and stuff, and I'm talking about Alistair highly because I went to his training. Yeah, I've never met sorry. the guy, so I will, I will look yeah, into him after this. He's really, what he does is unbelievable, but he really goes into the minutia of that and says, look, it's not no money down. And he's very honest. And he says, it could take you a long while. You could go out today, you could find you firstly tomorrow, it could take six months. Yeah. And I like that. And he goes into the minutia. But there are a lot of people that will just say, yeah, it's not our job to, to train you that, so we'll just train you all the fun strategies. Yeah, we'll just tell you that this is possible mm -hmm. if you do this, but they're not yeah. going to... Like the, 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 the small small print, if you like, is yeah. that, oh, yeah, you've got to do 100 phone calls, you've got to do 200, <laughs> 200 site visits, you've got to, you know, spend a grand in travelling fees, travelling around looking, looking at different properties before you've even had a deal accepted. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've got oh, you've also got to deal with estate agents hanging the phone up on you. You've got to deal. Not a lot of them. Like no one highlights the bad stuff, and I, that's what I find distasteful. Mm -hmm. But then again, I find anyone who believes that to be a bit of a twat as well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I think if you know a lot of people that come through this, the training is good, right? Yeah. And I just think it's how you take it and how you use it. I do it, yeah. Like, and I'm not like, a lot of these people, even the the bad ones, they're. They're not bad at what they do. Like their knowledge mm. on what they do, their strategy is generally good. It's just the way they sell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I don't think any trainer or anyone who's out there trying to hurt people or trying to take money. I just think that they've probably not seen the other end of it. And I think that's the problem. It's like they see the student success stories, but what about I don't know, them? man. Do you I, know? Nah. I I I'm I mean, I'm sat here now and I, and I think about this a lot, and I think you can either do something or you can't. Right. Yeah, this is like me. This is like me sitting there and I go, I'm sick of my job. I'll tell you what, I could I could go and earn money being a doctor. I'm gonna go and be a doctor, but I can't. Do you know what I mean? I've got to learn a little bit. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go night school and go and learn some doctoring stuff. Yeah. That's people what people do with property. I'm gonna go do this little course here. I'm gonna learn a bit about this and I'm just gonna go and do it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like if I was a if I if I if there's a bit of context, if I'd have previously done a medical degree and then mm -hmm. didn't do it and went and worked in a factory and then decided to go and be a doctor, I could because yeah. I've already done the foundational training. I've already got a basic understanding and knowledge. Mm -hmm. But the people that get into property and the way that it's sold to people, it's like, you don't need to know anything. Yeah. You don't need to know anything. Oh, I'm, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No money down. Other people's money. It's just like, whoa, whoa, you're creating a really big fucking problem here. Massively, yeah. I think.
Yeah, because it's not just a problem for the person doing it. It's like the other person's money. Who are you going to use if you're not compliant and you don't know what you're doing? Exactly. So like, I think it does run a massive risk. Yeah, like, massive. Right. Massive. It's a bit scary, really. And that's where I... I mean, look, I've learned over the years. Like, I didn't start out doing everything by the book when I started my business. I had to learn how to do things properly, yeah. the right way. You know, I didn't know everything when I first started. Who does? Yeah. Do you know? That's the whole point of learning and being willing to learn. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's a difference, you know. Right? You got to be willing to learn to learn, and yeah, yeah, like, yeah you got to be open to criticism, and you know, open for admitting that you're wrong sometimes, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's hard in business? I think it is hard, but it's something I've learned. Like I, I've got a consultant and stuff that helps me now, and there's been times where he t- tear me an absolute new one. And yeah. uh, at first, I get offended, like you know, I can't believe you'd say that to me. But now I'm like, you know what? It's not coming from a place of hate. Sometimes you have to be told that you're doing something wrong, yeah, harsh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to fix it and realise what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I think, I think you're completely right. And, you know, like when I'm putting Blue Brits together and stuff, one of my passions, as we talked about the training industry, is giving people factual information as it is. Yeah. Like, not inflating. Not dressing not it up. No. You know, a, anyone who writes in the magazine you featured, you'll know. I say, look, if you made a mistake, if you've done this case study, something's gone wrong, you've lost money, put that in there. Be honest, tell yeah. people. Um, and that's why we have people like Tina Walsh in, that talk about compliance. Yeah. It might not be as interesting an article. Well, I've read it. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, I'll But some of the saying. stuff around the FCA might not be as interesting as some massive case studies. Yeah. But it's vital to know it. So I always make sure that the stuff in there is really, really realistic. Yeah. And that people show the mistakes too because you can lose a lot of money in property. I was just um, I was on social media yesterday reading an article about some company that's been liquidated and all these investors have lost millions and some of it were old aid pensioners who were told they were going to make this guaranteed return on investment. Yeah. It, when it goes wrong, it, it can it go can wrong. It can so go seriously yeah. wrong. Yeah, massively. Yeah, and we, we've experienced that and I've le- we've learned from the early stages of, you know, when you you get, I mean, get giddy over things, yeah. you know what I mean? You get too emotionally invested into things before you've really thought about everything. Yeah. You know, we've done that before in the past. I've done it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think you've got to make mistakes in business. It's all well and good, like having a uh, a mentor or an accountability partner or something. But like, I, I truly believe like there's some things that you've got to go through yourself. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's some mistakes that you've got to make yourself, no matter what anyone else says to you. Yeah, that you'll never learn otherwise. Massively. Do you know no, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you can sit there and listen to a mentor that you might have paid money to, or or whatever, but. You might not. You might think different to them. Yeah, I know yeah. you've paid their money for it, but at the end of the day, your life's your life, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I, I truly don't think you'll learn what it really feels like unless you make certain mistakes yourself. Yeah. Like you can listen to someone all day long, but that per, that person might not have even made that mistake. Yeah. They yeah. might just be talking from someone else's experience that they've learned from yeah. to not make that mistake. And yeah, all right, they might not have made it, but sometimes I think you've got to go through certain things to make you a bigger and better person in in not just personal but business life as well, don't That's you right. think? Yeah, because I, I think it's coming out of the mistake where you learn so much too. Yeah. So I think it's not just got to make the mistake, you've got to come out of that pain and that yeah, mistake. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right because when you make that mistake and you're in pain and you're like, right, okay, what do I do now? That's what makes, a, makes yeah. people, I think. Massively, yeah. It's always... Um, you know, I've been listening to a lot of David Goggins recently. Yeah. Some people love him, some people hate him, but he talks about... I haven't listened to pain. much of him to comment, so I don't really know. I know Yeah, but, but it's all about pain, and you're going to go through pain, and pain's a natural part of life, and it's yeah, how yeah, you process yeah. that and grow from it. So, And I think the same is true in business in a lot of ways. You're going to go through awful things, and I think what the hardest thing can be sometimes 
is going through those things and not being able to talk to your friends or your family about it. Yeah. Because like you I feel closed off. Yeah, because you know, like I've, I've been out with my friends talking about his, you know, his girlfriend's doing his head in or his kids keeping him up at night, and I'm like. You know, how, how do I talk to him about this system error that's gone wrong? <laughs> or, you know, we had LMPG, um, a massive landlord purchasing group, once sent out an email to all their database promoting Blue Bricks magazine, which about five and a half thousand. And the moment before they sent that update, our system crashed and we couldn't get any new members. Oh, no. You know, and it, it's, it's pain like that yeah. where you're like, I can't talk to many people like this because I might not get it or understand it sometimes. Yeah, they'd just be like, what? Yeah, or, you know, pay, paying the tax man and all that fun stuff. So, yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I think that can be the habit too. Do you find that difficult? I mean, have you got uh, close friends and family that really support what you do or do you still feel like uh, a bit of like the black sheep in that respect in your circles? I've, I have a handful of people who I can talk to, but the majority of the time now I don't talk about it. I've got consultants i've got close people i know in business professionals who i will turn to yeah, yeah, yeah. for the professional support now not just an opinion yeah yeah that, that's like how do you listen to someone's opinion if they've never done what you're trying to do exactly that, that, that's exactly it so i've got and, and i'm really proud that i've got some amazingly experienced people around me at the moment yeah that can guide me and tell me and show me yeah. when it comes to the emotional support i think you just learn to deal with it almost don't you like the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the stress and the, the long hours and stuff after yeah. a little while just becomes kind of normal, normal. yeah it's, it's, it's what it is. yeah i'm used to not not sleeping i've got young kids and i'm used to it now they're, they're like four and two nearly um so yeah sleepless nights and long days has just been a thing of my life for the past four years <laughs> so yeah i'm definitely fucking you ain't got kids yet have you no not yet mate, no would you like to have kids one day yeah but a lot later on yeah, uh, you're only young, 25. I didn't have Rosie until I was 30. Yeah, all right. So a lot can happen in five years. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I think, you know, you, you growing your business and things like that and focusing on... you got a girlfriend though, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've got a partner yeah. um, at, at the time of the film and this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know when it goes out, if that's changed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we can edit it out. Um, but yeah, no, I would love kids one day um, when I'm about 30, though, I think, because there's so much I want to do in terms of growing the business yeah, and investing yeah. and... I love... They are a time, mate. Like, you got to, you know, they deserve... You're having kids, they need mm. your time, yeah. focus. Everything. Yeah. And, and I want to... Stability. I wanna give them, yeah, I want to give them everything too. And, and like, I want to do so much for charity too and help people and make a difference. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a huge focus too. So I feel like I want to do... I don't think you'll ever do everything you want to do, but I want to be on the path of doing a lot of the things I want to do and then have the kids. Yeah. So what's 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 next for Blue Bricks magazine? What's um, what ideas have you got for it moving forward? I know you briefly touched on. Mm. I know you do events in Leeds, yeah. and you've been going around different places. You're at Mind, you know, the East Tomorrow. Anglian Property yeah. Summit, um, and you're going to be hopefully showcasing it, doing a talk, yeah, letting people know about Blue Bricks who probably don't know about it around here. Maybe get a few more signups. Fingers crossed. What's next? What, what's your vision? Yeah, so the vision for Blue Bricks is obviously we, we've got the event in Leeds, we've got Manchester, we've got one opening up in Canary Which Wharf. Which you, you have the the one in Leeds is regular, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah, um, and Manchester's every month now, and, and London Canary Wharf is every month. I I want to get to a point where we've got events in most major places because the free for members of Blue Bricks magazine these events we don't really make any money from the events. It's not a money yeah, making I don't. thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's more for the members to give them something else. And the way I see Blue Bricks going is. My, I, I was thinking about this today in case you asked me, but my absolute dream, the, the way to sum it up, not talking about figures, is my passion for Blue Bricks would be 
for it to land in someone's letterbox and then be so excited to read it yeah. that they immediately boil the kettle and they open it there and then read it and they are excited. That is my vision. And no matter how many events we have or how big the business is, if I can achieve that, then and I'll be happy. What does that you know? What does that look like to you in terms of the content you you provide people with? You know, what sets you apart, or, or do you like to think that will set you apart from others that have been there and done it and not not succeeded? And what what are you going to do to make this succeed and make it that magazine that you want it to be? It's hard because you know you'd think for a property investment magazine we've got. There's so many, not just different strategies in property, but different angles to it. You've, you've got financial conduct for it, regulations, rules, tax, legals, yeah. and then you've got the fun stuff like the, the cash flow. So the hard part has been figuring out an angle, but the way I want to do that is make it something that, like I said, she was very honest, very truthful, very down to earth. Yeah. But make it something... Relatable. Yeah. But get people like you that are real and that are doing stuff that are telling... I want the magazine to be full of information you can't find anywhere else. Yeah, I want yeah, it yeah. to be people read it and they go, wow, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even know that. That is absolutely unbelievable. Like you, yeah, yeah. Um, Ian, Ian just wrote for the latest issue that's yeah. out about 12 ways to find off-market deals. Some of yeah, those yeah. ways even I didn't think of. Um, Mate, he's, yeah. he's, he's got some brilliant. He's, yeah. That's what he's really good at. I'm just going to have a look. There's, there's blue bricks there. You can see it. Oh, okay, great. It's on that camera. Perfect. Yeah. But yeah, but that's what I mean. I, I want to fill it with articles where people are looking at it and going, that is absolutely unbelievable. I did not think of that, and that is going to revolutionise my business. Um, and already we have articles like that in there. Like Sarah McDermott has just given all her secrets on how she built an, an eight-figure holiday let business. Yeah, um, She's we, doing really well for herself, isn't oh, she? Oh, she's doing amazing. We, we had someone come on to the event. We had an accountant speaking, and the advice from the accountant saved that person six figures. Like, really? there's already stuff going on that you know if people consume the content and stuff will make a huge difference yeah. it's just mag magnifying that no well, so anyone who wants to how can people if you just want to plug it mm -hmm. how can people like now who are listening to this who have never seen or heard of blue bricks before yeah. how can they jump on and take a look get involved and find it where can they find it yeah so if you type in bluebricksmagazine.com make sure you type in bluebricksmagazine or you will just get blue bricks yeah I know um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a few people do that um, and then at the top right hand side there is a, a, a sign in uh, sign up button click sign up there now we've got $4.99 a month for the digital version we've also got $12.95 every other month um, for the printed version that includes access to all our events online and in person for, for completely free of charge so for the price of a cup of coffee or a, a cup of tea if you're that way inclined uh, you can obviously get access to the magazine and, and every all the benefits that are in there it depends what you prefer whether it's coffee or tea yeah. I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm heartbroken uh, I didn't ask you to get coffee you should have got a coffee I'd have had a coffee with you mate well, I, I didn't want to come on to the Tea Hut podcast with <laughs> the a coffee. The tea, no, yeah, yeah, that's it. No, I appreciate that, mate. I, love, I do. So what's the biggest thing that you've learned so far? I mean, you've only been editor-owner of yeah. Blue Bricks for two years? Yeah. So what's the biggest thing you've learned so far in, in that short short space of time in business? So I've served in the sourcing business before that. Um, I think what I've learned is that pain is a part of the process. And the mistakes that I made early on was that if I wasn't successful within six months, so if I was going through too much pain, yeah. I thought, oh, it mustn't be for me. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that sometimes growing, it's not easy. It takes a lot of work. Things go wrong. But it hurts. Through it. Yeah, it hurts. But um, D David Goggins, who I was listening to, he, he really helped me uh, on a podcast he did because he runs miles and miles and miles, um, like hundreds of miles. And he said sometimes... 
I look at my shoes for hours before I put them on and I hate them. Yeah. You know, because it's that thing that you, you assume that you're going to love every single step, but sometimes it's hard. So I think I learned that. And also at the same time to still love what you do. Like I, I love the magazine so much and, mm. and bringing it out there to people. And I'm you've so got that vision. Yeah, I've, I've got that vision. And that's so when you've got the vision um, and you know what, and you get the right professionals around you that can show you and guide you and help you on how to achieve that vision. Yeah. And then it's pushing through to, to achieve it. So if there's anyone out there that's like, you know, you're, you're a young man, 25, mm. fucking hell, it seems like a lifetime ago for me and it weren't that long ago. If there's anyone out there that's you, <clears throat> sorry, your age younger. Yeah who's wanting to get into business, who's got an idea, they've got an interest, what advice can you give them? I'd say, first of all, find someone. So for me, this someone was Nathan Winch, who used to own Blue Bricks. He took me under his wing, became a best friend, a, a mentor and everything to me and, and kind of showed me so much. Find someone who you resonate with, who's experienced. Don't go out and immediately pay for a mentor, but find someone who's got your interests at heart and wants to help you. Mm. And then learn from them, even if that means helping them for free. Just show some initiative. Yeah, because people your age yeah. and younger are, let's face it, not going to have a chunk of money to necessarily yeah. go and start personal development training or things like that. So yeah. how can people start, you know? Yeah, start. Yeah, get, get around the right people, learn from them. And then I think it's finding something that you're passionate about. I wish I'd have spent more time sharpening the axe, i.e., doing market research, yeah. discovering what people wanted before jumping straight in. Yeah. You know, with property sourcing, I, I set up during COVID, which was a terrible idea. I just, <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, two weeks of flatten the curve, I'll be out there in no time. Yeah, like, yeah, obviously yeah. it didn't happen. Um, but I jumped straight in and I think, yeah, sharpen the arts, get around people, go to networking events, meet business professionals, learn from them, build a bit of a personal network. And then when you do decide to open up a business in whatever shape, way, shape or form, you've got people you can ring for help. Because yeah. if you don't do that in the early days and something goes wrong, who do you call? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not Ghostbusters. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a bit. Has it been hard for you? Because to for myself, in the first days, growing my business, uh, I used to like to think I knew it all. Yeah, you do, didn't you? It's like, well, I know what I'm doing. I'm a businessman now. <laughs> I make my own decisions. Yeah. Like, I think it was critical for me to um, be able to really really sit there and that probably weren't that long ago if i'm honest to really sit there and admit my my faults my weaknesses yeah and i think that's been that's been fucking critical in in or realizing what i'm good at critical in in my personal development as a person yeah what do you think i think so i think when i was 20 or 21 when i set up sars and i I felt like the man, you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. like, I'm going around my hometown, I'm viewing... Pro I had a you know, <laughs> yeah. 2001 Vauxhall car, so with yeah, yeah. bandit boards in back, I was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm the man, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. doing great. And then a, an investor, you know, will will go behind your back. I, I've had that happen and stuff happens. It kind of knocks you off that pedestal quite you say quickly. when you go behind your back? They um, So they were a local investor, which was a, a bad idea from the start. Um, yeah. And basically they were trying to find out what properties I was doing, what prices I was negotiating oh, okay. to, and then go into the directly to the estate agent and doing it. Ah, uh, tricky bastards. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it was little stuff like that where, you know, put, putting bandit boards up trees and having people screaming at you and threatening you. You, you, you soon go from that, like, I'm, I'm the man and go down a, a couple of pegs. But, yeah, it's been difficult, mate. You know, there's... The, there are days where you contemplate, you know, should I even be doing this? Would you know, I'd, I'd probably be better off working thirty-five hours a week and just having Getting that, that work-life balance. Yeah, and, and going for it. Why did I hate it so much? Yeah, it, it's it's never easy, and there's been some real difficult moments. What's been the most difficult moment? Would you say 
if you could pinpoint one thing and say, yeah, that was fucking hard, that. Taking on Blue Bricks because it... But what I was doing before I was freelance, it was just me. Taking on a business with a brand and hundreds of customers and um, a product was so much hard work. And when when I initially bought Blue Bricks, I wasn't going to go public. I was never going to tell anyone that I was the owner because I was worried when being a young lad yeah. that, that everyone would be like, well, he's, he's a chance or he's not going to do anything. Thankfully, it's, everyone's really happy with the product I've produced. Um so I think the hardest thing was buying that and overcoming those obstacles in my own head and believing yeah. in myself and facing those kind of demons was the, the most difficult bit. Yeah. And being having that faith in yourself to you know that you can do it. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. But I think like you said at the start of the interview, that you've always known from a young age that you weren't you didn't want to just be normal and fit. No. No, know? no. And I think that's that's a common theme throughout entrepreneurs i think they have these realizations early on yeah that you or they have these feelings of i'm different i don't quite fit in or i can float between different groups i'm a bit of a social chameleon yeah yeah because i think you've got to be a bit like that when you're when an entrepreneur and you're yeah. out there and about and you've got a mix with different so sorts of people you've got to be able to dial it up dial it down you know especially for someone like me i'm quite leery so i <laughs> yeah. in some situations i have to try and dial it down and I, sometimes I have to try and match other people. And it's just, that's what I think you've got to be able to do that. Yeah. To understand the psychology of people as well, don't you? To switch up. Yeah. I think you put, you, it's like you're deliberately putting yourself through pain and stress. Like, all the time. And you've got to think differently. Like, before before I picked up your tea bags today, um, you know, I, I saw a, a kitchen suppliers and I was going in there talking about blue bricks, seeing if I could get them at your event. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, try, not, not hustle because it wasn't anything like that. It's building relationships, but you're always thinking like that. And, I sent, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, uh, one of the things I did, one of the visions for Blue Bricks was to try and get a household name on the front cover. So I painted a brick blue, uh, put stuck a letter to it and left it in Gary Neville's hotel. Like, did you? Yeah, I've, I've, I've done some mad stuff. That's a bit weird. I, I've sent a, a, you know, we've mocked up front covers with Alan Sugar on, sent it to him, stuff like that. Have and, you? Yeah, and I, and, and I know it sounds insane, but... But, well... Yeah, if it works, yeah. it, it works. But, you know, that... I think that's the thing, is that when you're an entrepreneur, you, you're constantly thinking of things that most people go, oh, that's insane. Like, yeah, don't I do want... that. Yeah, don't do that. It's stupid, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I must admit, when I was speaking to the receptionist, I said, can I leave a brick here? And there was a moment of doubt running through my head. What did she say? Yeah, just... is, it, is he expecting it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course he is. Make, make sure he fucking yeah. gets it, or I'll put you through his fucking windscreen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did you get the call? Uh, no, oh. no, 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 no. Did you get the brick? Who knows? Yeah, well, that, that's what I mean. But, but, but the point being that, like, it, it is little stuff and stupid stuff. But it was uh, as silly as it sounds. It was in the name of creating something for the readers that would be amazing for them. So if that means I've got to do something stupid to create something that's going to help someone, I'll, yeah. I'll do it. I'll put myself out there. No, mate, I like it. I think you've got to be willing to put yourself out there to get anywhere mm -hmm. in business and doing something different. You've got to put yourself out there. So, no, I appreciate that, mate. Well, it's been a good chat, mate. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure you've enjoyed the tea. I'm halfway through, mate, but I don't know if you won't be able to see on the podcast, but if you found the camera, that's a bucket, mate. That's, <laughs> that's not a cup. Just put it up to your head. That, that is literally size, like man. half the size of your head. Say I'm, I'm not a big tea fan, that is... He's, oh, I've broke, four, I've four. broke his um, dunking of chocolate digesters into tea today. Yeah. So I'm happy to have broken that cherry. Um, Sam, thanks for coming on today, mate. It's been really informative. Just one more time, where can people find you on socials, 
Blue Bricks, how can they subscribe? Yeah, so bluebricksmagazine.com for the website. Sign up there for, for the magazine itself. You can see all our events that are running there too. Um, and then with, just on social media, it's Blue Bricks Magazine on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to get me personally, just type in Sam Cook, uh, not the soul singer, on Facebook, Instagram or, or LinkedIn. Happily connect with you personally too. And the events, you've got Leeds, Manchester. Canary Wharf. Canary, are they happening? Are they all live now? Yes, so Leeds is the 25th of April. Sarah McDermott speaking there. Yeah. Um, so really, really pleased with that. Um, on the... Oh, you're going to catch me off guard now. Let me just... I've not got the phone on me. That's I, right. I think it's the 18th of April. Um, but check the website just in case I'm wrong. Are they going to um, be uh, recurring events in the same places? Every month, Monthly yeah. in every, the same places? Every month, yeah. We've, cool. Yeah, we've got Napa Buffett over there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, they're all monthly recurring events that you will find on the website. And if you sign up to Blue Bridge, you'll, you'll receive regular updates as well and are on our social media. So. Sweet. It's hard, cool. Hard to miss. Nice one. All right, well, cheers for coming in, mate. It's been great. My pleasure. Thank you. Cheers, bud. The Tea Hearts. Proudly brought to you by eGrowth Media. The Tea Hut.